Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I am still Carl Hartley And I will always be <laughs> Max Peterson To my right, the lovely, beautiful, occasionally opulent and decadent Bird Peterson. Mortal Kombat. Sorry. Wow. I might kill you just for that. Sorry. I felt like I was at the wherever the Bulls play. Palace. Not the Palace at Auburn Hills. That's the Bulls Dome. Bulls Dome. Fun note about the Bulls. One of my good friends was worked for the Bulls for last summer. Was a mascot in training work with like Benny the Bull and stuff. Oh wait, yeah. I didn't know. Dude, Benny the Bull is my favorite mascot of all time. Yeah, hands down. Um, wait. Guys, hmm? it's 2019. Yeah, it is Sorry. 2019. I was like, I was like, there was something I wanted to do, but I haven't had any coffee yet today. So, <sighs> uh, guys, it's the first episode <laughs> officially further away from like, him. Yeah, like we're gonna pull nah. that over here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to tempt him. This is crappy Maxwell House, not like the House of Maxwell. My namesake. Oh, yeah. House of Maxwell Coffee is yeah, ching, ching ching. But yeah, because uh, we did beguiled, we recorded that in 2018 for yes. 2019. This is the first. Hi guys. This is the, our first sit down in this so far rusty. St- it's been a. It's a little slushy. I was joking that in our cold <laughs> open to the beguiled, I'd say 2019 is going to be a bitch. Little did I know that so far, the first <laughs> nine days of 2019, just a little, a little rough. <laughs> been a little, yeah. A little butthole puckery. Just. Uh. <laughs> But we'll but, get through it. I, yeah. feel, I feel like it's front loading, and that's yeah, like, all the, of the bad in the first. I know we'll get I all know. the bad stuff in the first week. Yep, get then, it out of the way, and then I it'll feel be like that's not the case. Shut up! Shut, shut your shut up! Shut your mouth! Shut your dumb bio. Right? What are you doing? The storm's approaching. Touching, I'm touch oh, wood. hitting all the wood. Oh. I don't want to knock on wood because like, the dog a, will bark. I have a wedding. I can even say touching this is like bang 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 bang. What? So I have a wedding now this year. Right. So you really want to get yeah. the shit out of the way yeah, let's in get all January. The, get all the garbage. Just the rest. Is, yeah. <laughs> the rest is going to be a golden time. I hope tomorrow. so. All right. So today we are uh, we're sitting down and talk. We're in uh, we're in Sofia Coppola we month. We sure are. And we're rolling on into uh, her 2006 film Marie Antoinette, starring Kirsten Dunst. Rose Byrne, Rip Torn, and Asia Argento as two of my favorite characters in the whole movie. Uh, Danny, yep. is it Danny Huston or Danny Houston? I think it's you know? Huston. I think it's Huston too. That's how it's spelled. But then it's. I feel yeah. like Houston would be. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So yeah, Danny Huston, Jamie Dornan, who Bird thinks is a total dreamboat. That's that's her man. Nice. That it's the one that uh, Marie eventually spoilers everyone cheats with later. Yes, in the movie. everyone every, bones the war hero. Every yeah. time he pops up, she's apparently just, he's making the rounds. He is. He's like, I was in the war. Hey, I'm um. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a soldier. I can totally fight your vagina <laughs> with my lance. With my lance, I'll shoot a cannonball. I'd make just whatever. Oh. Whatever war, I war have puns. to say. <laughs> um. I'm a prisoner of war prisoner. to your heart. To your heart. Anyway, let's have and a drink and fuck. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also have Moaning Myrtle is in this. Yeah, that distracted me just a little bit. Shirley Henderson, let's yeah. say. Um, 
The bird. So this is the second time that Bird and I have seen it. Can we talk about Moaning Myrtle for one second? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> the first time we saw this, I had I didn't know that that's who that was. Okay. All I knew was that she had the most infuriating I'm, voice yes. of all time. Ooh. I was like, I need her to stop talking forever. Okay, can, is that her <laughs> actual voice though? I think it. Think well, she's been. She was in a Doctor Who episode, and it was. She has the same sort of shtick. I think that's. It's probably I've never heard of like an interview with Does her, she, but I feel like she it's her natural voice that she's sort of amplifying or she's she's ratcheting she puts, it up a little she bit. She puts it on a little bit. Um cuz in I was thinking about this versus Moaning Myrtle cuz mm-hmm. it is the same it's that same like oh, I never was mm-hmm. Exactly. But when they that's well, that wasn't a bad moaning. That was actually a pretty think. good one. <laughs> See, that's like um, I love the feeling of rusty spoons on my skin, guy. <laughs> but, um, there was in this one, she just sounds like the cattiest bitch bitch that mm-hmm. ever bitched in her whole catty life. Well, that whole little entourage is pretty much oh, a, yeah. like a how to den of snakes. <laughs> den of snakes. This, this is how you be catty as shit. Oh, because Molly Shannon is like the ringleader of that shit too. Yeah, Mama Who. Yeah, yeah that's, Mama Who. That's how I know her I pretty much exclusively. Well, no, I mean that and Superstar. Yeah. But, so um, this is your second go-round, Moaning mm-hmm. Myrtle. Not yeah. so girdle. Um, she, in this one, it's just more more bitchy, and whereas yeah. whereas in Moaning Myrtle... I love her as Moaning Myrtle because that's who she is. That's that character is like, she's perfect for that. And in the Doctor Who episode, same sort of thing. It works, and I'm just like, I'm annoyed by... I think by it's the supernatural element of probably. Moaning Myrtle, where it's like... Because her voice makes her sound, her voice and her mannerisms like it she makes her not crazy. Quite, yeah, yeah. So it's like crazy ghost. Of course she'd sound weird, but when it's just like like bitchy person, bitchy entourage yeah. is like, oh, look at that dress. It's so ratchet. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. For one, one start starting right off. Just you're done talking now. You're the mute. You are now You're the mute You're the mute of the entourage Molly Shannon take it away Oh you're a caddy bitch too Okay No one talk (laughs) No one talk Silent film Nope Riptorn you can talk Riptorn you can talk (laughs) I kept thinking of him saying Well fuck me Fuck you Fuck me Fuck you Fuck me Fuck you Freddy Like I can't help Every time I see Riptorn I think of him as a dad In Freddy Got Fingered Uh Or Z Zed from Men in Black (laughs) I remember I, I've seen him as Zed from Men in Black. I yeah. have never seen Freddy Got Finger, but as soon as it's I a saw horrible it, movie, oh. <laughs> as soon as I saw Riptorn, I was like, "Motherfucking!" Oh. It's because again, I've seen it before, but now I'm watching it for the show, so yeah. I'm taking note of people. Yes, and I'm like, "Oh, the prostitute is Asia Argento, and oh my god, the king is Lu- is, uh, is Riptorn. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, he's out on a fox hunt. Jay, brief him, and I'm just like. Oh my God! Are they all aliens? Is he like they are? Was well, because you know you know Louis the Fifteenth uh, didn't speak like that. He probably had well, he was speaking French most likely. Yeah, it's weird like how none that's of these. The, okay, that's the thing. Okay, so this is your second go round, both of you. This is my first go round. Yes, I'm having a bit of a problem with this movie. Yes, I yeah. don't know where to put it in my brain. Okay. And I've been I've been speaking to Daniel about this since we watched it. She really likes this movie mm. a lot. And yeah. I can understand why. It's super stylish. It feels like a modern film set in in not Victorian cuz that came later, but in like 
in this where Mozart, the classical era. Uh, revolutionary France. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Pre. Pre revolutionary. Right, just pre. Like pre pre. Just barely pre. Pre. So there's a lot of things happening that I really appreciate. Like the costumes are amazing. Oh my God. The, the sets are great, but that's because they're not sets. They filmed on location in these beautiful, like ornate. But at the same time, I felt like kind of. Uh, it just feels awkward to me, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know where it sits in my brain. I don't know if I like. I know that this is a good movie. I know that good in the sense that it's shot well and acted well, and the story is interesting because mm-hmm. of the because mm-hmm. of the historical. But it's not. That's why it's like it is, but it isn't. Again, like the beguiled, incredibly bored the entire time watching this movie. I had a couple of really weird moments watching through this this time. I have a note that says. Oh, more than half the magic of this movie is the stunning opulence of the French court. It's yes. hard to make breathtaking beauty look bad. It is. Um, and she is a huge fan of pastel. I've noticed now oh that in God. the last three movies. Yep. Well, you haven't watched The Beguiled yet. There or isn't the as much. The bling I haven't ring. seen so, The bling Ring yet. No. Sorry, but there is a lot of, I feel like Sofia Coppola has an obsession with shoes and pastel. I totally buy that. Um, the more we watch these movies, I'm actually glad we picked Sofia Coppola because we, were, as we were doing our season one, sitting at the bar at work drinking, right, we yeah. were like, we should probably do like black We should do like uh, black exploitation and do that as like Black Cinema Month, and we should do uh, we should do a female director. And I just said the first one that came to mind was right, Sofia, Sofia Coppola, Coppola, and I'm glad it was her because there are female directors out there who their films tend to be. Have a masculine sort or, of... Or be indistinguishable. They're just like auteur filmmakers and you watch it. And if you didn't know, you'd never know it like was a Like Point fem- Break. You'd yeah. You'd never guess never, that, that Or was American a- Psycho. That's a right. female director. Yeah, yeah. Like you'd never know it was a female director. It's just a great movie. Whereas I feel like Sofia Coppola is actually kind of like a, a girly girl who directs with a an overtly feminine... Um, palette in mind yeah. or because think about her characters too the way that all of the, the characters behave yeah. All, yeah um now again i'm not i'm not saying like and these are life these are women's stories right but the beguiled is about women in a bad situation so i start to wonder about myself like because this is two out of two well three out of three yeah yeah yeah. fair warning uh-huh incredibly bored <laughs> now that doesn't necessarily mean that i find women boring i don't i find women to be very Exciting and entertaining. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but these movies just feel boring to me. I Marie Antoinette is a kind lives in kind of an exception space, but what okay. I'm think remember the note I had on The Beguiled where I mm-hmm. said I don't think that this film was for, for me. us and that's the entire time watching this, this is not for me. I I think so too. Um and actually on this one bird I picked up well bird you're you're shaking your head like I don't think they're for me either. What's what were you what's your thought? On how I feel about the film, mm-hmm. yeah, and well, these two because you watched *The Beguiled* with us as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, are you noticing? Yeah. There's like a, a sensuality that she brings to filmmaking. It's like a almost like a hedonist like mm-hmm. opulence. Opulence is totally the right word. Mm-hmm. Like all of the soft flowing skirts and all of the food and all of the like rich layering of pastels. I, oh my god, I love the Rococo. I, Visually, right. um, I, I, there, and then I wrote down pa- I have a note in that same note as pageantry and spectacle. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. one of my one of my, I, now again, I, this is the second time I've watched the movie. I liked the movie both times, but 
because Bird and I can't, we're, we can't help but talk to each other a little bit as we watch well, it. Of course. And because I knew Bird's notes about Kirsten Dunst from the, the Beguiled mm-hmm. episode, watching this movie this second time through, I... I still found it as as like beautiful as I did the first time, but I some of the patina had worn or, mm-hmm. or not patina some of the mean. some of the shine had worn off. Right, it was not as like sexy as it was the first time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the spectacle the first time you see this movie and we first time we watched oh it, it smacks you death, in the face. It's with. just your eyes are just trying to drink in as much as you're like I, I can't. I had plasma move. squirting out of my screen like it couldn't <laughs> contain it this, anymore. This movie was more frustrating to me this time. It's mm-hmm. still it was still as beautiful. I think it's visually a masterpiece. It is. But but frustrating is an interesting way to phrase this film for me because a, a couple of thoughts just overall before we get into like more detailed things yeah. about it yeah so several times a couple of notes a, a couple of ideas or thoughts that kept popping into my head one is this this thought of of movies that are made for showing off the opulence and look at all these rich things. And I, I have a word for that. I call it pornography, where it's like mm. poor people jerking off over Louis Vuitton. And like, right. let me show you how amazing it could be if you have money. Mm, and yeah. then people flock to that and watch it and jerk off because, oh, my God, look at all this fucking opulence. Right. It's pornography. Yeah, like um, um, like hillbillies looking at McLaren yeah, F1s. Exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. So I don't really dig that kind of flick. I never have. I just don't care about... I, I like some material things, but they're like things that I can play with. Like a nice TV allows me to see a film that's more closely, but like 47,000 pairs of shoes, toys. I don't give a oh fuck, right? Right, right? Like right, yeah. I don't need, if I had a $10 million, like who knows? Like I don't, I don't see myself having like a garage full of McLarens. I'm, I'm going to buy a fucking like... A, a, a DeLorean because they're fucking awesome, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like I don't. It's I don't get. So I always feel a little bit like. But this movie kind gross of- watching that kind of thing, and also the other thought, and this is more a historical thing, and which is most of this movie is that humans are fucking weird. Yeah. Mm. And some of that, the pageantry and shit, like the handing off ceremony, the... The morning dressing. The morning dressing, like all of that is just so weird. And we still have, there's still like countries that have that sort of pageantry, but it's also like, man, we're fucking weird. And like all the costumes, beautiful. But then when you stand back and look at them, you're like, we're really weird. Like if an alien culture were to look at us be like what are they wearing our, what the our fuck? rituals yeah which yeah. is so strange and the other thing was um something else there was, there was something a third thing that i pointed out to bird last night and I, this is actually interesting because this is a note i didn't realize it till now but this is a note that came up in the beguiled again which was in the beguiled we watched people being bored a lot and in mm-hmm. this movie i would say 50% or more of this movie is just people watching, staring, watching, eating. Well, no, it's just watching rich people with nothing to do with nothing to being do being bored. Yes. And that was okay. I remember my third note because it's the it's the pornography. It's the humans are weird. We have strange pageantry, which leads into that rich people being bored, looking off in a space, not knowing what to do. Mm hmm. I like movies that exist in this world when it's like the fish out of store. I'm a fucking okay. I'll say it. I'll say it on mic. I like the Princess Diaries, like quite a bit. Okay. I think it's charming and fun, and you get like a little sing song bit. But it's like this. 
it's the it's the poor kid coming in. It's like the Annie thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Annie coming into Oliver Warbucks's mansion, and it's it's not so much pornography as like she changes the the cold heart of the the billionaire, right? Right. And, and the, part of me is like, I'd rather be watching King Ralph, like <laughs> something with a little more heart to it. Something I don't care. I've uh, and again, you haven't watched the Blingering yet. And we'll talk about no. it when we get there. Mm-hmm. I don't care at all about movies about rich people. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And then they start having drama in their lives. Like, for some reason, I don't care. Whether that's fair or not, the thing that goes into my brain is, oh, you poor fucking rich person. Go fucking cry in your Mercedes. Which isn't right. fair because people all have emotions and things can... A rich person they can, can go hurt, to therapy, too. though. That, too. But it's like, when it's like super rich, like the French aristocracy essentially i really don't give a fuck right i don't have any window into this shit Mm -hmm. and i find myself getting more pissed off than anything like oh poor fucking marie antoinette can't get pregnated by king i don't fucking care Mm -hmm. i don't fucking care yeah we gotta talk about that and i'm thinking about goddamn it the brakes just went out in my car and this bitch is like oh put your dick in me like i don't give a fuck well there's (laughs) there's a moment in here where uh they the servants come okay when she has her little like he like she wants to get closer to nature right? right so they have like her little getaway house and there's like chickens in a little cottage uh, I, I built you a retreat yeah and it's a house it's a house bigger than every house that you or I ever have collectively lived in ever stacked nope. into one it's I've barely half the size visited of her one retreat on house. a tour yeah like. right <laughs> like it makes the white house look yeah. kind of shitty is her retreat house. No, seriously, the cottage yeah. one or the white Well, pillow? she also has the cottage. But and a cottage the cottage, point I, which is like, oh, it's adorable because there's dirt in the front yard. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah, oh, well, I know. And I was when, like, oh, look, this is how poor people live. When they walk through the front gate. And, which is why the guillotine. There's dirt on your strawberries. This is why the guillotine well, awaits oh, these people. Oh, the, the chickens are out. Oh, good. Like right. And like, oh, I do always. I've loved the country and they're picking strawberries or whatever. But there's a moment in there that Bird pointed out where the servants come in and they clean off all of the chicken eggs and oh, put yeah. them back in. So that when they reach in, yeah, I know there's that. not like feathers and gunk and shit. So on they're it. not even really experiencing no, it at all. It, it's still even, catered to them. Even their nature, quote, 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 nature is artifice. It's like, let's elevate. How can we elevate nature into like a hedonistic, beautiful art? It's like, I want to go camping and experience nature. And someone builds you a log cabin I, with electricity and Wi-Fi. There are, there's reviews of this movie. This is something that I think is important important to me when thinking about this movie. There are reviews of this movie that are like, oh, it's the the poetry of like she how misunderstood she was and watching her ha- kind of founder wait, hold on. Fair enough. Nope, sorry. Watching her kind of founder to like find her depth in this world that's so different and she copes in a trip because she was a child, she copes yeah. in this childish way. But all that aside, there's something so fucking infuriating about watching Marie Antoinette sit in a field in a hundred thousand franc gown surrounded by her friends all getting drunk on champagne and eating like these opulent desserts and having her read Rousseau to them. Yeah. I'm like that. And then, you know, every other frame of the movie where Marie Antoinette's supposed to be like, I just don't, I'm so out of my depth, but I want to reconnect to nature. But she's, she only comes off as like, Petulant, yes. childish, childish, empty, mm-hmm. vapid. Bird, Bird and I found the perfect vapid word for it. Vapid is a great word for it. Bird and I found the, the uh, I think it's the perfect word, self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every whim that enters her head, she fulfills it. Yes. When she's talking about oaks, she's like, I want to put oaks here. And he'll ta- he says, it'll take three years for those to grow pretty big. Three years is not a long time. 
And she's like, well, what if I, how about I get big O? How about you we get them plant bigger? big ones? And you can see him, the guy who's walking with her be like, I can do that. But you realize like, that's going to be fucking oh, money. We haven't even printed or stamped that much money. <laughs> yeah. Like that's going to be expensive. And then when the, her, her little Vizier guy comes oh, over yeah, and he's Coogan? like, yeah. And he, <laughs> when he, Ambassador Coogan. Ambassador Coogan comes over and he's like, um, you've already spent 50,000 francs this month. You have nothing left to give to your charities. She goes, okay, you know what? I'll take the small trees. And I'm like, that is still a lot of money. Yeah. Like, that's how you fix it. Watching someone so fucking out of touch from suffering and pain. And now, okay, here, you ready for my note? Oh my God, she's Donald Trump. Yeah. 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 This movie yeah. didn't, we watched this, when, we watched this last, last year, year when things weren't quite so bad and watching it now this movie takes on a political ramification that really, really tarnishes it. Yeah, I was feeling yeah, I was feeling a bit of that too. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it's just me because you know, you you bring your present situation to the media that you enjoy, yeah. to a book that you read, to a movie that you watch, to a television show. You're always bringing your your baggage to that. We've talked about it before. You sort of everything is filtered through the lens of your present. Yeah, and so there was a lot of that. I was feeling like, oh my god, this feels like oh. Well, to, and this yeah. is something that happened out of touch. Like Mozart was writing symphonies when this happened. Yeah, and but well, I mean, the they were they were deep beheaded at the end of all this. Wealthy so people, this. I think wealthy people like burning money and out of touch with poor people's plights is yeah. not as charming as it once was. No, mm. right. No, mm. okay. No, this it, is it two, We gotta remember, this is 2006. So there was still... Uh, is this... This is George W.? No. George, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah. is George W. So, and maybe she's drawing... Is that a concrete saw that I'm hearing in my headphones I think right it now? might be. Yeah, it is. All right, so there's a... Um, <laughs> you can hear a little bit of a zing in your... Yeah, we're gonna. This is gonna have a little spice to it, and it's the construction mm. next door. Mm. But uh, you know, so this is George W. first term. This is we've been at war for five years. So I don't know. I, I I can't. I was only sixteen when this movie came out, and I'm having trouble connecting to the the zeitgeist of America when this movie came out. Right. But boy, am I plugged into the zeitgeist of America now. Right now, and this absolutely. movie is. Almost offensive. No, that's oh, what this is right before the bubble burst. Yeah, this is because that was 2008. Right before, yeah. Yeah, so this is just pre that. People, everyone had homes, everyone had loans, banks were doing well. Yeah, this was two years before Everybody the. Everybody had jobs. So, so America mm-hmm. was doing well when this movie so came. So opulence out. is like, hey, look at it. We're eating cake. In. It was kind of in. Then, everyone yeah. was eating cake. And in nowadays, everyone's like, oh shit, do I gas up the car, heat the house, or do I eat this week? That's where yeah. we are now, and watching this movie, especially, it's not just the movie, because there's movies about rich people that are fun. Like, we watched The King and I, there's all oh sorts God. of Oh my God, I don't know. When it's not a movie about richness, I dig it. Like, if, it, if, if there weren't so many clear parallels to our current president. Right. Because what there's that thing where he he refuses to read. He's oh like my God. he's like no nah, I don't like reading just tell me the reports. There's a moment in here where the where uh Can't you just tell Coog- me about it? Coogan? Yeah. Coogan. Where Coogan comes in and he's like, "Have you read the briefing?" and she goes, "I haven't mm. read it yet. Can you just tell me what's in it?" And I'm like, 
That Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump apparently sits around and watches Fox News all day and eats junk food. And that's how he gets his news. He yeah. just sits around and watches TV and eats junk food, which is the 2018 equivalent of just sitting around and eating, eating cakes, cakes and, cookies and cookies and gambling and partying. Marie Antoinette is the queen, and she doesn't give a fuck about the people she's, that she's. Oh ruling. my god, she's golfing. The uh, the thing about the um, when he comes to her and in, in the garden where he's, she's walking with her daughter. And he's like talking about how people don't have bread. And she's like, oh, tell the royal jeweler to not send diamonds. I was like, fuck you. It's so yeah. hard. It really. I, now, okay. Roger Ebert actually really loved this movie. And he said, like, he's like, people who criticize, who criticize the like um, historical inaccuracies. That was the big criticism. That's, well, it's, this isn't meant to he's be like, a historical. They're missing the poetry and right. the poetry mm-hmm. and like and the it is there. subtlety of it. And it, it is, but. Who's the other guy that didn't like it? He's another Carl famous. Carl Hartley. Roper. <laughs> Of like Ebert and Roper, Ebert and Roper, they yeah. hated this movie. They were like, they're like, some of it's fun and there are some charming bits, but this movie, they had he same same boring. criticism as you. Yeah. They're like, it's it's mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, I love the score to this film. So do I. Oh my god, I love the score. It's so fucking yeah. good. The, the, mi- score is the, on the point. mashup of like the original score. There's some music boxy shit that's happening. Then it will like. Sw- it's like a smash cut for music. It goes from plink, 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 ding, ding, ding to wham, like a like a nineteen late nineties fucking right. You'll have you'll go harpsichord into the cure. Yeah, and you're like, this is the most. It just gets me like this score is right in the gut, and this I score love is it. Perfect. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. I would say that this is pretty much. I have a note about it somewhere. Like as bored as I am, perfect score to mm-hmm. this movie. The score and the soundtrack, those two things combined, just right. amazing. Yeah, it's loved it. It's stunning. Like the the score is so so incredible. Um, and the and the and just like in the Beguiled, to, since we're on sound design, just for a hot second, sure, she is really good. Her sound designer in the in the three movies so far that I've seen, okay. this, the ambient sounds are so perfect in there like the tripping of birds something mm. as simple mm-hmm. as that that I, I re- that really drew me into the beguiled as bored as I was mm-hmm. those little touches when there is no soundtrack or score there's there's it's always the world is always alive but not like in your face like you're in a forest here are frogs and like mm. it's always just this little bit of like chirping of birds and it's the perf just it's perfect to the me swishing of the skirts yeah, they're really all the two that I've seen it's so like far. Auditory pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have watched this with the screen off. Just yeah. I, well no, it can't. No, they still have Morning again, Myrtle talking. Uh, yeah. A huge <laughs> chunk of the movie for me though is looking at the opulence. Because yeah. you're you're right. You really are. Like seeing the seeing the dresses, the hairdo, all of because I love to cook and I work in a French restaurant. Oh yeah. Seeing all the pastry, seeing the Ugh. unique Visually and from a filmmaking perspective and from a culinary perspective, like when they every time they eat breakfast. Yes. God damn. Oh, those huge pheasant plates come down. That fish is a work of art. That that pre cut fish is you're like you're looking at it, everything is is beautiful and stunning. Because of how beautiful it is. (laughs) But then you are also stuck watching that, you're like, that's amazing. But then you're also stuck stuck in the scene of these two rich people. Staring in space. If the second you re-engage with the movie, you're like, didn't we just hear a second ago that all of France is starving? Yep. And then he what raises his hand, and they come over and they bring her a fresh goblet of water. And mm-hmm. seeing, yeah, man, it's it's weird. I have a note. One must wonder what's the point of all this. 
and we can we'll get back into the nitty gritty. But I want to because we're I'm halfway into Sofia Coppola month. You're a little bit ahead of mm-hmm. me, but she makes really good films. They're very competent films. They're films with a strong story. The I think the biggest complaint you have so far is the pacing, and I, I agree mm-hmm. the pacing can be a little. She link she does show us. I'm not. She's I'm a not a problem decadent. with pacing, though. She's a little decadent. Yeah, I think that might be it in the filmmaking. Because my, because my question in the last episode was, why does it work for me with Steve McQueen when he lingers? Right. And it doesn't work for me with Sofia Coppola when th- she lingers. I think, I think it's maybe because I mean, okay, part of it might be the the thing that I'm noticing, which is she has a vi- she has a very strong voice, just like Steve McQueen does. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a voice that resonates with with me personally. With me personally. Yeah. So who the fuck is she making films for? I have liked both of them. I had a th- herself, which is fine because yeah. that is the whole point of making art. Is not my grandfather rest his soul when I was learning jazz from him and trying to learn how to write music. Uh, the conversation I had with him that I, one of the last conversations I had with him, I was struggling with a, a piece of of piano music I was working on I said I just don't know if people are gonna like it and it's like every time I get stuck on this phrase I'm like I didn't know if, if it's gonna spark enough like interest or whatever and my grandpa's like well then you need to take that piece of music and throw it away because you're not writing it you need to write it for you and if other people like that music then fantastic then you'll have an album and people will come and see you in concert but if you're writing music for any other reason than to write it for yourself then you need to not be writing music yeah i uh, so if she's making these movies for herself that's absolutely fantastic and there is a millions of people scores that, of people that for whom these that like this that like this music mm-hmm. and i'm totally it's just not my not your jam not my jam this this she to me is like she is akin to people like Steve McQueen and Jim Jarmusch because when Jim Jarmusch makes a movie, Jim Jarmusch refuses to use studio funds. He ref- he always has final cut. He doesn't. Co- he makes movies for him, and the reason you and I like him is because we are on the same wavelength. So he's making his own art, and if you don't like it, you, he doesn't really care. It's not fuck you because Jim Jarmusch right. is a really nice guy, but right, like right. he's like, oh well, that's I, it's cool if you didn't get it. That's fine. It's, it's really cool if you guys don't like it. You know, I I made this movie for myself. It took four years to do. Um, and if you know, I funded it independently. Tom Waits is great in it, and if you don't if you don't like the movie, that's that's totally okay. But, that's totally cool. But like, you know, yeah. you you come we come to Jim Jarmusch and we're like. You're 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 playing our notes. This is our right. this is our this is, my kind this is of our jazz. thing, right. right? And then we look at Sofia Coppola, and she's like, "And I'm making movies for me." And we're like, "I, I don't quite get it, but I do I do respect her as a filmmaker." That's because, the thing. I look at the piece beguiled this movie, right. not so much Bling Ring, but I'm like, the, "You are making really fucking solid film here." Like, yeah, she she. It's not my. It's not like she's. It's not like she's like phoning it in or well, got a so, job because some of her people could argue parentage. well she's using daddy's money and he's always a producer on the show and like just like here honey have some money and go make a fun movie mm. he's like I'm gonna film shoes and people in but debt but there's more it. going on that's not it yeah there's more, I mean she's not unintelligent or not exactly trained. she's not she's not like Paris Hilton going and making a movie or oh, something God. even though apparently Paris Hilton shows up in the bling ring she does well because this is a that. Archive is, footage is no, she's in it. Oh, briefly, you see her in the background, mm. but it's because when well, her house was robbed ah. during this whole thing. So, so like, good. 
The, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so but but I think I think ultimately it is it is it is Sofia Coppola. I, I, absolutely an artist she yeah. has a very dis- when you're what i i if we didn't know these were sofia coppola movies w- watching them you could probably i could probably tell who directed it yeah like she has a very distinct voice it's just the vo- a voice it's like i don't like pop music i know a lot of people love kendrick lamar i don't give a fuck about kendrick mm-hmm. lamar i listen to it and they're like isn't he a genius i'm like it just kind of sounds like the rest of the stuff on the radio right but I understand there's a huge swath of people who, when they hear Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar's music, all of the he's a, he did the score for, is he the one who did the score for Black Panther? Yes, I believe Yeah, he so. did all the music for Black oh. Panther. But like, pe- but all of their synapses, all their things are firing. They're all, yeah, pop, pop, it's pop, like pop, when I hear yeah. the opening chords of a 90s West Coast grunge song. Right. If I hear Soundgarden come on or if I hear the opening chords to Lithium or yeah. any Nirvana song, I'm immediately like, oh, it's shit. If I hear the opening few notes of Golden Years, I get like, ah! Yeah, man. Not, not everything is for everybody. Mm, and that's totally cool. That's... Bop, bop, bop. But, <laughs> but we did... We did when we decided to do the show. We said we were... We, were, we agreed to approach these. So even though they're not our jam, we do want to take a look at it. Absolutely. So that's why we're doing it. I don't know. I'm the reason I wanted to the reason that little sidebar happened is I'm struggling with Sofia Coppola a little bit. Me too. And as I was I was was the last night I was watching the bling yeah, last night I was watching the bling ring. She was passively watching it doing chores and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm watching a movie and she's cleaning the house. Thank you, honey, I love you. Uh but I was getting concerned. Like halfway through I paused it to I had to step away from it for me. We'll talk about it in the, in the episode, but I, I was like, honey, I'm really worried because it's been several years, probably 10 years since I watched Lost in Translation. Yeah. I'm terrified to go back to that movie right now. Well, I actually had a Lost, Lost in Translation thought too, and I'm- uh, Am I getting, a, am I going to get the Mac'd? I just read the script, the screenplay. Yeah. I just read the screenplay, and that screenplay is- It's fucking immaculate. great, right? Okay. And two, Bill Murray's in it. That's what I keep my brain keeps going back to. Like as boring as it'll be, like I would watch a poster of Bill Murray. (laughs) That's that my my criticism of all of these other movies is what I remember as Lost in Translation's greatest strength. Right, the the stillness, nothing happens, the labored pacing of it. It, it, But that's the premise of that film. That yeah, right. That is the premise. It's nothing. The film where nothing happens. So that's why I think. That's why I think that movie works and these ones are hitting weird for me. Marie Antoinette is supposed to be telling me the story of this girl, but it's this this movie where nothing happens. He's pulling back the curtain on on the the queen who was beheaded with her husband for spending all of France's money yeah, and starting the, a fucking revolution. Bankrupting right. the country. And then The Beguiled is supposed to be this like tense story of these women and the, here comes this intruder. But again, it's a movie where huge chunks of time where nothing happens. Whereas like... Both of those have lots of story, but the point of Lost in Translation is there's no story, really. Right. So that's, I mean, there's it's like... It's a window into real life. There's like. a tangent, there's a bit of it. So I'm I'm, ex- I'm very excited to watch tra- Lost in Translation again, especially because we're going to have four Sofia Coppola movies under our belt right. when we hit it. But, um, so I just, I here, I wrote, I was looking through my notes as you were talking, and I have a big arrow that I wanted to touch. Oh, we, we were asking what this movie exists so far just to show how awkward and absurd this all was. That in, yeah. in part, but like, so there's, I have the, there's two notes back to back. It's remember the bit where she goes, it's on her 18th birthday. And it's right. important to remember that she's 18. 18, right. She's so <laughs> in the same way that sometimes my younger coworkers, like the, 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 some of the door girls are like 16, 17. Right. In some ways, 
like when I'm talking to them, I literally have no. Con- I'm like I we're talking in different worlds. Yeah. Like you're from a whole other place than I'm from. I where I'm like really that's what you spend your time doing and it. There's a disconnect. Yes. A massive disconnect. So when I'm watching this and I'm watching her and her 16, 17-year-old friends do bumps of coke and smash champagne and go to balls and, oh, this is great. And they're all fucking. You have to remember. This 18, is, yeah. This is college. Yeah. This is what these people this age do in any time period. This is what you do. Not me. I was studying and You're I got amazing high grades. College, yeah. Right, yeah, but it's that well, sort of coming of age thing that so we all do. When she goes like, Oh, don't go because Louis's like, Okay, um, it's three in the morning. I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna go to bed. And she's like, Don't go to bed, we're gonna watch the sunrise. And that moment kind of brings me back into the into Marie's camp for a little right. bit because I understand that the 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 youthful poetry of staying out with your friends all night and watching the sun rise and that like wow how beautiful because I did do it that's why I never graduated from if this was a, if if this was taken out of this context if this was like Tom Waits okay here if this was Tom Waits and Tilda Swinton walking down a uh, walking down a back alley in New Orleans and it was a Jim Jarmusch movie and and Tom Waits is like I am tired of the bone I'm gonna go to bed and, Til- and Tilda Swinton's like oh don't darling why don't we watch the sunrise? And then they went like onto the like a condemned building and the sun rose. I would think it was the most poetic and beautiful thing in the world. But the reason it doesn't work for me here is Louis is like, hey, we're running the country. I got to go to bed. And she's like, no, let's watch the sunrise. I'm like, no, you're the queen. Right. Now, go go to, the bed. Fuck to bed. You're, you're not a jazz musician on yeah. the back streets of yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. There's something about watching someone shirk respond. Okay, stoner movies. You shirk responsibility and it's hysterical because there's no stakes. Right. She has a nation riding on her back and she's just dropping them in the mud again and again. That's what happens when a child is queen. Or when he gets elected president of the United States. Mm. That I I could not get that out of my head. And it fucked this movie up for me because this whole time I'm like... I, you know, like watching this movie is always kind of going to be like watching through glass. Oh, absolutely. But now I have no window in. This is, but that's exactly what we do here, man. Where we're like, now it's like you're, you're watching and you're, you're just begging her to do something responsibly. Like, please take care of us. You are running our shit. And if you run it wrong, we're all going to suffer more than, you know, and she just never, never, ever does like. Oh my well, god! It's wh- weird. And what happened in the end there, Max? She got her head cut off. Um. So. <laughs> so. Oh. Uh. So. You. Did you hear about what's going on in France? There's a lot of shit going on in France right now. Like so, Paris in particular it's is been like burning for like a month and a yeah, half. Yeah, it is on fire, and we don't really hear about it that much, except for I see it on social media and occasionally on mm-hmm. like a ticker. Mm-hmm. I. But it's not being covered very. I, I have a coworker. Much? I have a coworker who tells me who keeps me in the loop on it because mostly I've been avoiding the news this year. I have so to. Far. I have too much personal shit, but which is such a selfish thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm with you. There's you know, I, can't I got do my it. own. I can't camp. do it either. There's, my own camp's burning. I need to fucking put that fire out there's, first. There's only so much. Well, you know the guy who came up with the idea of mindfulness, being constantly aware of the world around you. Three years he after killed he, himself. He killed himself. Yeah. yeah. So, Fran, it all started with that fuel tax. Where the mm-hmm. French government was like, all right, we're going to slap a tax on fuel. 
and they raised the money the cost of fuel super high and all the farmers in france essentially went hold on if you do that we can't run any of our equipment because we can't afford to, which means you just crashed French agriculture. There's no yep. food anymore. I can't make food. Yeah. yeah. We can't make your food, rich idiots, because you made gas too expensive to run our giant equipment. So they went to Paris and they rioted. So the French, the I'm going to call them the aristocracy, right. but the French government, the French aristocracy, they know that when you've got a big angry mob outside your palace they've seen that before yeah we know this game so what we're gonna do is go oh we're sorry and they rescinded the fuel tax like i think a week or two weeks after it came into play they're like okay you guys are clearly mad we're sorry and they pulled the fuel tax and the rioters were like no fuck you because you did it in the first place. Yeah, right. The several your of, heads aren't in the right fucking. Several zone. of the yeah, not they're not in a basket. Several <laughs> of the of right. the heads of the French government are in hiding, and the rioters in France have erected a guillotine. They're saying they're not going to stop rioting until they until they get the the French prime minister's head in a bag. <laughs> France is like borderline revolution state right now because Why does that make me want a slow clap. I don't know because it's it's people fighting for their but it's that same thing where like when you see like a riot where they're like remember um, I can't remember where it was Uh, I can never remember the name of the fucking town but anytime a cop shoots an unarmed black man and then gets off scot-free and they riot you're like righteous anger but you also have to remember businesses are shut down and small business owners are going under yeah that's what happened in baltimore when freddie gray was was killed yeah that we we had a national guard in town for three weeks and we were on a curfew everyone had to be shut down and in at home by nine o'clock yeah personal business so private business owners i know had to shut down their bit like they're still working to get their shops back open. and some of them don't ever some don't of them ever go bankrupt mm-hmm. yeah like so that does happen there's a horrible side of that I, it's not just i'm with you i understand the revolutionary mindset of like that's right don't let them step on you that's but at, at least same... something happening it's action yeah and i'm and, not saying it's the correct action but no it's it's kropotkin it very much is like that's right take back what's yours but at the same time you have to remember like there are it's it's like um it's like the seer it's like in syria Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a war, it's a civil war, it's an, but there's so many so people who are damage, not yeah. in the war who are just like, I'm trying to sell rugs. Right. And they blew up, they've blown up my shack twice and now I can't afford to to replace my stall. All of my stock yeah, all, all my, my stock, stock is gone. Is gone. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. My family's starving and then they become refugees and then the refugees show up at other countries and they get called terror like we're right. this we're so fucked, dude. We're the, everything is so fucked up. Goddamn humans are so fucking stupid. I know and it's if it sounds very trite when people are when people's livelihoods are on the line. It sounds mm-hmm. very trite to say reason discourse should be your first step, but but again, reason discourse doesn't work when you're talking to, I'll say the Clinton Foundation, right. or when you're talking to the DNC. I'm not. We don't have to just pick on conservatives. No, absolutely not. If when you go to the DNC and you're like, hey, um. Bernie Sanders has a lot of popular support. Let's run him. And we're the common people and he's our he's, he's our, our, he's, our, our champion, he's, the, yeah. he's the candidate of the common man and we want him and the DNC goes, "Shut the fuck up." And gives you Hillary Clinton instead. You can any anyone. You can criticize anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Who's in, who's in politics because no politics is not so jacked. Yeah. And this Movie. The reason that I didn't like sit there because the first time we watched it, it was like a visual triumph, and it's I loved. The and you're just it's a fun movie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. man, it's 2019. 
And we're si- I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, look, it's just like now. Mm-hmm. It's always been it's this way. The, yeah, the ruling, the ruling class has no fucking idea what... What, what I don't know that it ever. I mean, <laughs> we just I don't did know hunger it, not too long ago, dude. I don't know that it ever will, though. I mean, that's can you imagine a world in which we live in where the ruling class actually has its finger on the pulse of the people? Switzerland seems to be doing all right. Uh, Denmark, yeah, Denmark. Yeah, but there are countries, not but a capitalist society. They're not. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Know. It's just like yeah. So you have you have to rely on humans not being shitty, and that's really a hard thing to. Yeah, Bird and I were having a discussion about communism the other day and why mm-hmm. it's a bad idea. Which well, is, you get the wrong I mean, a, you get the wrong apple in that basket, and you're fucked. Yeah, you get exactly. the right apple in the Com- basket, and everyone's happy. Communism like or socialism? If you, right, they're but beautiful ideas. It can work, just, but it has to it has to work. I, they never have, though. I know that's, so that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it has to work on a very small scale. Mm-hmm. So, very right. small. like the like a commune or something. Like, well, but then it's it ceases to be an, the idea of socialism and just becomes tribalism. Right. You, to make it work, you have to shrink it down so small that essentially you're just you're in just a, a tribal tribe, society yeah. anyway. But yeah, so it it. it relies on human nature being selfless and that's not humans no i'm not selfless i'm, I'm selfish I'm not, as shit yeah i try not to be i'm aware of it I, but i'm selfish the, as shit. the part the kid that the max that went to college in my head i'm like with socialism what a beautiful idea but the moment you told me that i was gonna make the same amount of money as everybody else and that we'd all have to tighten our belts and i wouldn't be able to buy guitars or buy microphones or buy movie packs i'd be like no fuck you what do you Screw you, and I'd start hustling to try and make more money. Right, and the second you do that, socialism collapses. Yeah, so I I, I don't know, man. These are these are I hate, I, I hate movies that make me think about this. Well, stuff I don't. I I don't because I think that's one of the reasons why people create art, whether it's a movie or a painting or a song, is a lot of times it's there's political. <laughs> There's a political story being told or questions being asked. I mean, most of Bob Dylan's shit's got this yeah. political like mm-hmm. through line to it. And it is good. Yeah. And it's good to have these conversations and have the we want we we wax political very little on this show. And I think intentionally more, more lately. More lately, but we've well, also been watching movies. We've been that watching, force it. and I think that that is a f- this episodes like this are a fair episode to get into these conversations because the movie is sparking the conversation. Yeah, this is about pre pre just pre revolutionary France where we're seeing a lot of things mirrored in today's society and our current political atmosphere. So one of the things I found really fascinating about this movie is that you never see anybody who's outside the court. They don't show you France. They no. just show you the world of the court. And I mm-hmm. think that's deliberate because... Oh, it's absolutely deliberate. Because... Which is why I don't care about it. Yeah, because Marie Antoinette is very isolated and insulated from that working world, even to the point where... And from... Um, experiences that she should be allowed to have like when she has her child and she wants to nurse and they give her the baby to a, a wet nurse and they're like you're disgusting i'm sorry they yeah. give the baby to a wet nurse and uh the the lady's like oh you're in such a frail condition you you, you can't be nursing you're in a frail condition and bird goes what do you think the, how do you think the wet nurse still has milk she just had a baby she just too. had a baby yeah and her child isn't getting the nutrients it needs because you know the the royal baby gets first heat like right. you're <sighs> Yeah, but it, and then it's like, it's like, why don't you feed the lamb? You know, or like, why? Let's go pick eggs, but the eggs are washed, and you. Part of me wonder. Part of me, part of me does feel 
bad for Marie Antoinette. Because yeah. none of me does. Really? Part, nope. part of me does because she, you don't feel bad for her No, either? I do. Because, because she lives in that world and is not... Well, she's protected from it. She doesn't know it exists because she's never been shown it. But that har- is so harmful to her. That's what makes me sad is like you can see her in different ways reaching okay. reaching for some kind of human experience. But but it's never and, truly given to her. Yeah, because the court is always there like, oh, 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 don't touch that egg until I wash it. And she's now divorced from that situation, from that experience. And But not by her own doing, by her court's doing, right. Right. Her, she may actually want to wallow in the shit and get her get dirt under her fingernails, but she's never allowed she, to because she's a Dauphin. Or she's Dauphin. 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 She's forced into a state of arrested development because what if what if she takes her baby and nurses and has a moment of insight mm-hmm. where she's she bonds and connects or touches the dirty egg and realizes what people have to to do to get, she, there might be some sort of connection there right and that's dangerous for the for aristocracy, the aristocracy yes. because right. you don't want the you don't want the aristocracy in the lower but classes that's fa- mingling. that's flawed too because she's spending so much money it might be in their best interest to have her get dirt on her fingernails so that f- she stops spending so much money right. so that they don't but that's a right? that's <laughs> a historical <laughs> note because that's not what they did but, oh I know but watching the movie it's like watching in a weird way this is like the the other side of the coin of hunger she is utterly a prisoner. But she's in what they call it the the but being fed the golden the gilded the cage. gilded cage oh the gilded cage she's in the right. gilded cage there's an awesome moment when Louis playing after she's had her affair and Louis playing cards and the the court ladies are sitting around and the dialogue they only give you snippets and it's that's so amazing how much did that cost right. that must have been so expensive and you see her walking around the room restlessly like picking up pretty things mm. and good sweet foods because when she gets there she goes two feet into like taking my face yeah. bitch. <laughs> right but you can there is a moment in this movie where there's a turn and she sees cakes and she doesn't really care that much about them i read that as she's mourning the loss of this relationship i didn't read it as like but she's bored with no because mm, even before rich. even before the relationship when she starts to that's when she gets her little cottage and she starts digging. I mean, it's strawberry. It's, she is like sweet strawberries and stuff, but she's down in the dirt and she's showing her friends like, you have to try this milk. This milk is amazing. And I don't know if it's goat's milk or whatever, but she's, what is well, it? I didn't see a cow, so. I think it's what? goat's milk, but what's what has now captured her imagination and what's fascinated her? She's she's had cakes and champagne and cocaine and gambling until she's sick of it. And now she's she's noticing the simple pleasure of a glass of milk. And you feel like, I, I personally feel like you, you can see in the movie that if she was allowed to go down that road, epiphany, yeah. realization, there would maturity. Be a change, yeah. But the second she starts walking, you know, in her tiny little footstep, <laughs> the second she starts Damn walking it. towards the, the dirt and the like, oh, I want to touch this egg or like, let's go and lay in the grass and smell the flowers. And like the second she does that. The rest of the court's like, oh, don't, oh, don't touch. Uh, 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 let me here. She's not allowed to. You, oh, okay. You want a, a country home? Yeah. Let me build you a two hundred million franc country home. Here you go. It's a country home, and you're like, if I don't know, I, that to me is the the tragedy of this. Right, is that there are moments where she reaches out for something human, and instead, what she's handed is more opulence. Right, and that's what ultimately the thing about sinks it that got me was. You have to remember that she was 14 
when she became the Dauphine. When she, yeah, when she's she was handed child. over. Yeah. Mm. She had no idea. And she goes, and she's totally alone. She did have every, she was, she was, uh, she was prepared for this for years. Like, they, she, she knows the, right. the routines. But, I mean, and things, but still 14 still years child. old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, seeing her hug her brother? When her mm-hmm. brother comes to the Dana and not Huston. being able to take the dog with her and things like that. So yeah, this is a child that's being taken away from her home. Yeah, from away away from everything. From everything. She's the, no she's, longer. Yeah, the one person that she has from her original life is that guy, the Coogan. like her handler Coogan. guy. That's not his actual name, right? It's but it's Steve the, Coogan. The Comte de Fonsmet de Schmettain, j'ai besoin. The Petouche. But um, there's that's the Russian. Have version. you noticed? Did you guys notice? I'm sure you did. The the visual the dark visual contrast between the Austrian court, which is all like black, mm, yeah. gray, mm-hmm. dark. It feels like, like a castle. <laughs> yeah, it does because they're, they're like the candelabras are like yep. in these like t- rough hewn wrought mm-hmm. iron can and the, the the everyone looks like they're just got back from a funeral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like that's Austria. And oh, then, I thought the queen was wearing like mourning, mourning garb. Maybe yeah. she was. I don't, maybe she's in perpetual mourning. Probably. Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, you know, when she she comes from that place and hits France, as soon as she gets to France, they're like, "Here, eat as many cakes and pies and champagne as you want." And like, do you want a bunch of money? Because you have an infinite amount of money. Like, right? A fourteen-year-old girl or fifteen, sixteen to eighteen. You can't expect maturity there. No, like, like no. she's in a weird way. I again, this mir- this movie does like push a lot of infuriating buttons, but in a weird way, she's a tragic figure because she was never. Not in a weird... I don't think maybe in a weird way. In a very real way. In a very real way, Marie Antoinette is a tragic figure because she... She became like she came along at exactly the now because the the revolution was kind of her fault spending too Mm -hmm. much money. But like Mm -hmm. she's utterly a product of that court. Of yeah, absolutely. So I I don't know, and I I want to be clear because exactly what she's trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. (laughs) She's doing what they what she's supposed to do. Right. Which is like live decadently. She has no real responsibilities. Be rich bitch. Her, make the babies. The only responsibility is make the babies, and she has to have some money for charities. And the charity is like the Young Mothers Foundation yes. or something. But like, oh man, I don't know. So it's everything I've said so far has been a criticism. So here comes one out of left left field. I think this movie is a, a triumph. This is a really good film. I don't necessarily think that I. It made me mad, but this is a really good movie. I I applaud this this filmmaking. I think it's made really well. Good. Now that I've said that, <laughs> there, now that I've said that, you said earlier like the camera work's amazing. There is some really poor camera work in this movie. Surprisingly. Oh, so. there are some things that are like cut from one angle to a slightly different angle, but the same. Yeah, there's weird. What gets uh, the one that always it's early. Most of the most of what I think of as the bad camera work in here is early in the movie. And now, okay. Part of me is trying to explain it away, but here's like when Louis walking in the woods with his two friends yes. and they're talking. It's very strange. It looks like someone had like a a, a Canon home camera for filming your kids. Not even on a rig, just no, shoulder slung. Because it's like it does like a really weird zoom that feels like a digital zoom, where you're like just hit the like zoom the button ink. on your phone, yep. where you're like mm-hmm. zoom button, because it goes like it zooms in and then it's framed wrong, so it kind of like shakes and then it goes down and then to the left to recenter everything. Everything up, and it's so 
weird. I thought that was intentional to give it that modern sort of feel. That's what I was wondering. Is this is this supposed to communicate yes. to us like these people, these young people are on uncertain ground? But there's a few shots in here where I'm like, the second unit just fucked her. Right. The second, like, give me and get him back out there. Do that again because that that camera work is bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, like, but I see. I was seeing. I was viewing that as, oh, that's interesting. They're they're taking this modern sort of shoulder slung approach to what would traditionally be all shot on all shot on like like wide shot like very tight right like if you watch Amadeus super tight like anytime you're into these like historical dramas the camera but this they're going for a more modern feel but still set in it's not like anachronistic necessarily yeah but the camera work is yeah this is so that's why i was like oh that's unique and interesting they're trying to so i actually appreciated that i remember that scene specifically because that's when i was like oh that's interesting that they're doing that sort of like not found footagey but that rough kind of like student film doesn't know how to work the camera yet i thought it was very intentional but i've seen yeah, well, and again, everyone takes a movie differently. Oh, absolutely. But I've I've seen lots of movies that have that kind of where shaky cam works, mm-hmm. where put it on your shoulder, Red State. Yeah. So much of Red State but is. But it never happens again in this movie. It doesn't. That's the last time. So it's once, not like a stylistic choice that carries over. Into, once she gets to the but one, but that makes sense though if you're if you're saying it as a choice rather than a mistake by the second unit because once she gets to the court, the camera reflects the austerity yeah. of the court where you shoot everything on sticks shoot everything super motion like uh, mm-hmm. uh, image stabilized but in that early bit where she's like and transitioning rough and tumble yeah but but a director can make a choice and have it not work for the audience this one to me there's another shot where she's getting out of the coach and rather than get us on the door and show us get out of the coach Sofia Coppola shoots really wide, so you see four horses, the coach, four horses behind, and you can barely tell what's happening with the coach. Which, are you showing me the coach? Where you're now making me work as a viewer, like, why did we pick this angle? What are you showing me? Mm -hmm. And it's not a long enough shot to allow me to puzzle it out. Look at the pretty coaches is probably what, yeah. It just looks weird. There's a, um, to to bring this to a, a modern movie, Bird and I went and saw Wind River. Which was, you remember Wind River with mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Awesome movie. But there's a fairly long conversation in where he's reloading his gun and talking to a woman. Uh, he's, uh, he's reloading bullets. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to a woman. And both angles, his angle's shot on stick. No, her angle's shot on stick. His angle is shot hand cam. And it's so shaky and wobbly and all over the fucking place that I couldn't, I don't even... It's like the Born Supremacy for me. I, I, watch that movie. I wasn't able to follow the conversation because I was so distracted by the camera and I'm sure it was a choice where they're like, let's give that, we got to give this a little bit of a dynamic motion so let's shoot it on a hand cam. I will do a shoulder rig right. so that we can get a little motion so that people aren't bored. But I'm like, why are we moving? Why mm-hmm. is the camera moving? There's no action. Why is the camera moving? And it, I stopped paying attention to the movie and was trying to suss this out. That's my problem with that camera work in Marie yeah. Antoinette at the beginning is I was like... There's no reason for it. Yeah, and no. it, especially early in this movie, sound design. I know the... the I, I agree with you about like the, the background noises and stuff, but I have a... Normally, I can run my speakers at like one quarter and it's booming. Or did you have to like... I was up at half. Oh, shit. Like louder than I usually... I had the opposite... Problem. I had to turn my TV down really? lower than normal. Yeah, this movie was well. Though uh, I rented it on Vudu, did you? 
Uh, just Prime, but yeah. It's, I think it's on Netflix, too. But yeah, I, the one I watched, maybe I got a weird... No, this was Daniel's DVD copy. It oh. wasn't even high def. It was a DVD. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I streamed on Vudu, and this early in the... It was fine for most of it, but there are parts of this movie where the dialogue is so oh low in the mix God. that I'm just like, are we just not supposed to care what they're saying? Because there's blaring music, and it'll be... there. Uh, the one bit where Tom Hardy shows up and he's standing in the doorway and here's how the conversation goes. You're like, Oh, Tom Hardy's going to talk now. And he's like, and I'm like, what did he say? Cause they're in the background. It's like, dun, 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 ha, ha, ha. and I'm like, turn that down. Am I supposed to not understand what you're saying? There's, like, yeah. there, are, there are parts in lost in translation where the dialogue is intentionally yes. dropped, but I'm like, this we're not seeing anything else this is we're supposed to care what he's saying and you're not letting me hear hear what he's saying what are you doing here i don't know um what's weird though again i'm gonna say it i do even with all this i do like this movie i don't know man i don't know uh I'll, i'll watch it again for sure yeah the <laughs> if I want, yeah. If Danielle twists your arm, yeah, yeah. She's like, "Honey, can we watch Marie Antoinette?" Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll probably find some things can to we enjoy. Wa- can we watch Lethal Weapon tomorrow? If we, right? Um, mm, no, actually, if I would, the the movie that I kept thinking about that I would rather be watching while watching this was Amadeus. Mm. I'd so much rather watch that. A boy's movie. I know. It's a, but I been, was thinking that too. I'm like, but that's a boy movie. I don't know, man. I'm 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 having some trouble with Sofia Coppola. I because I recognize the quality of the filmmaking. Yes. But at the same time, I am so held at arm's length from both of these first two movies, which is weird because we've watched a lot of movies. Yes. This year, and mm-hmm. I've I have not felt this detached from films yet. It's strange. I'm in the same boat. Absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird, and it's something that I haven't, the thing that I like about what's happening through this month mm. is it's, I haven't stopped like churning. It's like doing this weird self-reflection thing. Like, why am I not? Why am I not able to get into this movie? Right. Like, dude, watching like art house films with no dialogue. Right. Watching surrealist films and you can fall into that world. Uh, like the the weirdest stuff by Kurosawa. Or there's a movie called The Limits of Control by Jim Jarmusch. Yes. That is a strange fucking movie with like super stilted metaphorical dialogue and like the whole thing is one giant like uh, I think Roger Ebert Roger Ebert's review for that movie is this is an capital I important capital M movie. The director is trying to say something. Like right. it's a very it's scathing. But I liked that movie. This these movies are fairly straightforward, and I cannot cannot get into them, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't either. But we've got three more movies to figure that I'm out. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm not like hating. I'm not like wanting to rip my eyeballs off I know, because I've, the filmmaking is there. I liked the Beguiled quite a lot. I, I liked Marie Antoinette a little less, which is interesting because I'd already seen it and I was positive it was going right. to be my favorite of this month. And I think mostly the polit- uh, the political overtones hurt it a lot for me. Well, yeah, because that's constantly rubbing your face in where we are currently. Mm. Right. And there's, I mean, you know, it's not her fault. She didn't know what was going to happen. Of course she's not. Not a future. She's not a soothsayer. She's not a future seer. All right. So I have <laughs> a future seer. All right. You're welcome. So because I just criticized some camera work, I would like to shout out one masterful moment of cinematography. Be, which I think is among the best that we've Shemitar-ker-per. seen. Shemitar Park. Park. So, 
Pavlov's cinematographer. Pavlov's cinematographer. <laughs> All right. So at the end, when the mob is outside and they're screaming and screaming, we want the queen. We want the queen. And she opens the doors and she walks out. And they're like screaming and screaming. And she does that thing where she slides her hands to the side and puts her head down, right? And they go quiet. She raises her head. And when she raises her head, in the background, there's a, one of those tall French windows. The vertical frame that bisects the window falls directly on her neck. Oh, that's amazing. The window in the background is a, t- a tall, skinny, angular shape like a guillotine. Like a guillotine. And that beam, when she raises her head, falls directly on her neck. And af- the second after you see it, the crowd starts screaming again. That gave me chills. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, and one of the big criticisms that I think we we were talking with, about this movie with Aaron, who we used to live with. Mm-hmm. And her biggest problem with the movie is she, she's like, they never addressed the guillotine. I wanted to get see the guillotine addressed oh. and see like yeah. them, you know, getting their comeuppance or whatever. And I'm, I was like, that's kind of not what the movie's about. And then later but that note's always stuck with yeah. me because the movie does end with her looking out looking over out the, of the carriage oh, saying she, goodbye yeah she's he's like are you just admiring admiring the beauty one more time and she's or whatever he says and then she says no i'm just saying goodbye and then the movie ends and that's it and there's a little like denouement at the end which i think is interesting because there's there are there's a there's a there are single shots that are in the credits the opening and closing credits the first one when the movie opens there's a little like we get some credits and then bing a scene pops up mm. and it's Kirsten Dunst laying back go 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 I have go. a note about this go I have a note about this okay so I think that when Sofia Coppola shot this that she was referencing this painting Ooh. called um, Olympia oh. by Manet that is my thought that's almost like but there are actually a lot of paintings that are very similar to this sure there are a ton. Actually, Birdhead's. Bird, I think you have several notes about paintings, don't you? I have two. I didn't see the after the credits were rolling shot. I, okay, so the no, I missed it too. So what happens is at the beginning we get the um, we get her laying back and she's got that sleepy. I'm. You've turned. Pink. You've turned me against Kirsten Dunst. Oh by God, the way, she looks so super much. sleepy and she's, gross. She's got the like heavy lidded eyes and the jelly neck. And she like looks I over. I think she's supposed to be like looking seductive, isn't she? Yeah, she just looks. And she looks. She looks at the camera, and she's got her champagne with stra- like raspberries floating in it, and someone's putting shoes on her. And then we cut back into the credits. Oh, and she touches the cake. I was like, that's oh. that's when we go back into the credits, and we get credits for a while, and then the movie starts proper. When she says just saying goodbye, and the movie ends, and it goes black, and then they run some credits, and then we get a shot of their bedroom destroyed. And then I did like yeah that yes. shot yeah. and then we dive back out into the credits yeah so it's the movie is bookended by shots and they are so heavily contrasted and here's what I think I think what we're seeing here what we're supposed to be seeing here is this is what people think of when they think of Marie Antoinette and that's the first shot it's people sitting she's sitting there she's eating cake she's got her champagne they're putting shoes on her it's ultimate decadence yes and then Sofia Coppola goes Here's what people think of. Let me show you a movie. There's the reality. Right. And the reality is the destroyed palace. 
which is like you got to remember this was a child not a child she died when she was 37 yes but, but she was entered into this court when she was 14 yeah this mm-hmm. is a child thing to remember this it. is a child who was destroyed by the court and ultimately was killed yeah she became queen at 19 my, my favorite terrible line, my f- i didn't even know a major i wanted when i was 19 oh my god favorite line in the movie is louis when he finds out his father's dead and he hits the, he hits the deck and he goes god help us we are too young to reign yeah and you're so like he's even aware of it I, I there was or a moment of clarity there was a just and then back into like oh i'm king now party time there's yeah a, there's a couple bits where um He's very quick to send troops to America too. I like the all the oh political scenes in here seem. There's another problem I have. Like too young to. Uh, was it just a five minute meeting to send troops to America? No, apparently, I, I, apparently well, I mean, I get you have to water down that because this is not a historical drama. No, I think she's capturing the essence of. All right, she's giving you the little. She's giving me the highlights like, hey, remember, this is when we the France came to help America during their civil war. I, I liked how it was like it, it, it reminds me. Oh, wow. What a weird comparison. It's the parole hearings in Raising Arizona. Right. <laughs> Which is a parole hearing is like 40 minutes. But what they get it down to is, are you sorry for what you did? Yes, sir. Yes, yes I am sorry. Stamp on the paper. <laughs> Approved. We don't. We don't just want you to tell us what you don't. We don't want you to tell, tell us what, what we, we want to hear. hear. No, sir. No way. Because we want you to be truthful. Because well, I guess I am telling you what you want to hear. Right. Boy, didn't we just tell you not to do that? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, then. Like that's. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a very watered down version of what happened. Because right, to, to is, plant you, so you know where you are. Here's some frame of reference. Right. With the essence this was is happening in France, but this is what was happening across the pond. Just to give you a frame of reference. I blah, think blah, it's blah. Le- the his- the historical stuff. Well, I mean, it's fun to be like, oh yeah, France did help us a lot in the Revolutionary War. We basically owe our a country to them. Revolutionary War, not our, the Civil War. Our yeah, Sorry. our Revolutionary War. We. We owe them our our countryhood, yes. essentially. But um, there, I, I like it's less the historical for me and more the 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 rapid fire character development, which is like Louis sitting there like, um, okay, what's going on? And they're like, we want to send troops to America. And another guy goes, that's so fucking stupid. Our our country at home, dude. This is literally the debate that happens in America now, mm-hmm. which is like, we need to fight these wars on terror. And we're like, okay. And then the other guy goes, yeah, but everyone in America is like really poor, and we're in a devastating recession, and our suicide rate's higher than it's ever been. Well, so what should I do? Send them. Send the troops. No, no, no. Help out at home. Send the troops. Help out at home. And Louis just like, no. uh, send the send troops. The troops. That's that's the important bit for me. This is this is like, there are some leaders you can feel for because yeah. there it is. Every day is Sophie's choice. Every fucking day, except for. Whoa! Um, I said it. What I'm gonna do is I'll just put jazz music over <laughs> for like a minute. Right. <laughs> um, I found the I found the 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 bit with the king's prostitute really interesting because it is uh, what's her name? De 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 Barry. Madame De Barry. De Barry. Oh, De Barry. That's yeah. De Barry is like this joke in the court. 
because it's like she's only here to fuck the king. Right. Ha, ha, ha. And then you stop for a second and you're like, hey, uh, Marie Antoinette, you're only here to fuck the king. Right. And no one like the movie have babies. The movie yeah. keeps it so like subtle, but and because that's a historical thing, was, mm-hmm. you know, like and DeBerry's kind of she's funny. She's like the burping and then going like, oh, she burped at the table. She like burps and she's like, that fat dude's my favorite character in the whole movie at the dinner <laughs> table. He's like, oh, she queefed or whatever. <laughs> Where he's all bummed out. He's, he's like, all bummed Rrr. out. He weighs like four hundred pounds. <laughs> Just disgusting. But that's a note too, though, because this is fat, fucking disgusting human being. Like, oh, he's got like wet lips from eating bacon or whatever. The old he's like, wet lips, yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, she's disgusting. She just burped at the table. I'm like, you are, are dis- disgusting <laughs> as fuck. He has my favorite line. Oh, not my favorite, but he has one of my favorite lines when his wife's like, do you think I'm as beautiful as the Dauphine? And he's like, I don't know, maybe once upon a time. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're too bad. But he says it so earnestly. He's yeah. like, he's like, no, no, no. maybe some point. Do you, I'm, are you blind? Do you see how fucking hot she is? That's Asia, gentle over there. You're like old and nasty and stuff. Oh, you were looking for a compliment. Yeah, once yes. you were, you're pretty good. Looking, I'm gonna eat some more cake. This is delicious. But yeah, Asia Argento as as Dewberry is she has like a naturally wicked looking face. Yes, she Mm. sure does. She like always looks like I'm just gonna like be bad. She's like she's the looking at her. You're like she has a dagger in each hand to stab her friends in the back. And she's probably fucked your husband. She's like the court assassin slash gonna fuck anybody I want to. She would be like the perfect Lilith character. Because she is just like, she's had sex with every man and every woman hates her. That's her face. It's just how her face yeah. looks. It, it, and I don't know if it's this movie in particular. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. But And also, am I remembering this incorrectly or is she Dario Argento's yeah. daughter? daughter? Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. I said that to Bird last night, and then I was like, I don't know if that's true. No, it's absolutely true. Stick to your guns. Yeah, it's Dario yep. Argento's daughter. Anyway. And there's a connection. There's an Argento Coppola connection, obviously. I mean, they all sort of... Oh, same time period came, came, filmmakers? Well, they came up together. That The whole camp of, like, De Palma's, Coppola's, Spielberg's, Argento's... The, these, like... The, the horsemen. 70s, 80s wave of yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm out of notes, but you guys look like you got notes. Uh, we we tag most of them because I don't tend to strike them off. Uh, you look here. Bird, what do you some. got? Um, you know, I almost wish that she had shot this film in the way that that one totally anal director did, where he um, filmed it as the years went by and had the same actors working. Richard oh, Linklater. No, it's... Um, I mean, Richard Linklater did this. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Boy, like okay, yeah. Um, he he I filmed wish... his actors when they were like 15, 20, and then 35 kept, yeah. and kept just kept shooting. So they all he got the same cast and they all aged in real time. I wish that she had done that and gotten a young actress or got or gotten because she always looked the same. The... Yeah, yeah. It was hard to tell if time was passing. She looks. She they do manage to make Kirsten Dunst look pretty damn young in the beginning of the movie. She does look very young, but, but she doesn't look. 14. No. And you know the difference between a 14 year old and how are the fucking old. And she doesn't look 37. Yeah. Yeah. And she always acted 
kind of the same too but actually that's a strength of the movie is she's constantly she's always 14 no matter yeah. how old she is she's always 14 because of what this court or is just, kirsten dunce just doesn't have the depth or range to i yeah, yeah i think i'm kind of coming around on that um i think, you think so you i think this right. would have been a different film mm-hmm. if it had started with her with a child right in that role you know, See, I think- that's the story that I was interested in, is like how you essentially train a young child up to the age of 14, because she knows all of the pomp and circumstance and all of the tradition. Like, she's not a fish out of water. She's mm-hmm. very much, she knows what to do, what hand to raise, what, right. she knows all of it. That's a super interesting story. That's what, yeah. Yeah. And you feel then you would feel a little more for her too when she is handed over because we just see her as she's being handed off like here we are which see ya. and the movie doesn't really give you the movie doesn't get, and then it, I think it would hit you more that basically she's being told like three days after she gets there you need to fuck him get and on with the make fucking a kid yeah. but when they when she goes through that tent. There's like Kirsten Dunst looks a little sad, where she's like, "Oh no, don't take my dog." Because they and took her dog good, away. Right. Goodbye, my friends. But then after that, like everything's fine. Yeah. After that, she's bowing to people. But the the reality of that, think about that. The reality of leaving your family behind forever and everything you own and everything you've ever known forever at age fourteen. But then you enter that ornate carriage, and it's fine now. Yeah, but that's that's that might be why I don't. This movie seems kind of shallow on the emotional front. There's not a very. Whole, there isn't. What's the emotion? There, there is no emotion. Yeah. The emotion's just like pure hedonism. The yeah, whole, I'm, tr- I'm trying to bring yeah, more bring that, yeah. to it. Like, wouldn't it be so bad if this happened to you? But she doesn't show us that. No. Kirsten Dunst is just bummed her dog doesn't get to come with her, and she doesn't seem to care about anything else other than making herself happy and feeling good. It's pu- this movie's pure hedonism with no heart. So it's really hard to like see the subtle poetry in it when it's just infuriating rich people being hedonists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, <punk. laughs> you're so bummed out you just collapsed. I uh, did notice some points where um, costuming was trying to set her apart. Mm. Pink. Um, where, um, where she's in that first group when they receive her and um, she meets her future husband for the first time. She's in blue. Everybody else is in like pinks and warm tones. Right. Um, uh, the, 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 the division between Austria and France is really interesting because mm-hmm. her hair is very plain. She's wearing a very plain gown. And then when she comes out the other side of the tent, she's got that like French updo wig. All of the powder. curls. Everything's and floraled. <laughs> floraled? Floraled. Yes. She's wearing so many florals. She's all florals. Jesus. Um, the hunting party where everybody's like in dark colors and she's in that like peach mm-hmm. gown. Again. Yeah. Beautiful. They, Dude, when she's sitting there feeding the hunting party, that is that shot is so gorgeous. I could look, I could look at that for a full minute. It's so pretty. Oh. But oh, and you get to watch the costumes transform oh, over yeah. the years. Oh, That's I loved cool. that. As soon as we got firmly into the classic era, and I was like, "Ooh, Mozart's writing music right now in Vienna." You know what? Which is amazing, or Venice, Vienna, whatever the fuck he was. Uh, Germany, Austria, Vienna, Europe. Versailles. Yes, Europe. Versailles. This is ridiculous. He was in this Europe. Adam is Versailles. And you're like, yeah. There are so many people at Versailles today. There are so many. 
There, there are a lot of people at Versailles today. Yes, yes there are. Yeah. <laughs> the, see, I'm the other way. The moment that I check into this movie is when they start playing The Cure and when they start playing like well, you the modern music that you like. Yeah, but it's it's in a weird way. It's when she starts to shake her hair down a little right. bit. Is when I feel some for like the first five minutes of her like. You know what? That if he doesn't want to fuck me, fuck him. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of me for like the first five minutes. It's so charming, and then the and then after that, it's, and then it's the it's an hour and it's an hour and forty five minutes. It's the rest of the movie. It's the rest of her life is just pure women indulgence. And you're like, okay, this was cool for about five minutes where you're like doing your own thing, but now all you're doing is your own thing. And yeah. you, yo, it's so soulless. This movie's so soulless. Poor, pornography. Kinda, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It just. Ugh. I have three more notes. Go, Do go, it. continue. Because I'm done. Um, I can't believe how fast we did this episode. Have you noticed that she spends a lot of time surrounded by children? I did not notice that. Well, all she of her does spend are some time. I mean, she spends time but, with her friends, but she also spends a lot of time with actual children. Once she has them, I don't remember any kids before hers. There are kids in the court. When she gets there and she spends a lot of time with them at the beginning. And then, yeah. yes, she spends more time with her own children oh. at the end. Well, she has more in common with them than with the adults. Well, she, yeah. yeah, there's less of an age difference between them. Even, and Even when she's an adult, she has more in common with the children yeah. because she's never had to. Wow. Damn. Because like even even like her overseers and stuff are real people who like live in the real world. So they are adults. They've had to go through hardship and overcome hardship. One of the things that struck me about this movie, there are several really tragic things that happen. The king dies. Her mother her, dies. Her One of her children dies. One of her yeah. children dies. And nothing really seems to hit her that hard. Mm-hmm. That we, we don't linger on it at all. No. King dies. Oh, there's a sad moment. But then it's like there's never any... When, when her baby dies... There's they they show they don't even show any they do, the they do a painting swap and that's how we are informed there, of that but there's no there's such an emotional disconnect I hated mm-hmm. that there is they do the like baby coffin and then there's like one additional shot of her like now I'm wearing a black gown right and hugging my remaining son right yeah, but then we're busy at the after immediately after that rather we're busy than, with other shit yeah that's when we get the painting of her that says like queen of debt blah 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 and that's when she goes to the opera and she's clapping and everyone no one else claps and she's falling out of favor but i'm like less than two minutes ago you're showing me a dead baby and she's she's back at the opera she doesn't she's you're telling me she doesn't give a shit that her kid died like having there's yeah 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 the more i think about it there's really no emotional depth to this not not enough emotional depth but is that a bragg's Apple cider. Yes, okay. I'm totally bringing this to the movie, but maybe that's the point. Is she's been so. I was insulated. just thinking that that that's the point. She's been so stunted by the court that she doesn't really feel anything anymore. And she doesn't all, even feel it when her baby dies. Or her, she feels it for a moment. Or her mom. But then it's yeah, gone. like oh, that's so sad. But I mean, Raspberry. really, it's like it's kind of like if she had a dog that died. Fair yeah, enough. Yes, yeah. that's you're this. you're sad for a couple of days. Like I'm over it. I'll get and another not dog. like a dog. Like we have a dog. Right. Like, no. Like a pet. if you have a not hunting a pet, dog or something. But like a hunting dog. Yeah. 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 Something you keep outside and feed. It doesn't Don't come up on sorry. the couch. It's fine. It's it up. so loud. Um, <laughs> it's the loudest mic ever. <laughs> um, every every bad thing that happens is akin to like your fourth of four dogs dying. Right. 
everyone's like, oh, Ebenezer oh, died. Oh really no! And let me hug you. Back to partying. Yep. Nothing has any staying powder. The only thing that actually, dude, even getting run out of the pal, nah, yeah, even getting run out of the palace doesn't bum her out that much. She's like, oh, I'm just saying goodbye. Yeah, just saying goodbye in this thing. It's like, no, it is. It, it's not like. It is exactly that she's completely out of touch with reality. Yes. There's no. There's no. Well, she's for never her. been shown. There's no reality. consequences. She. I, does she even know? Like, probably not. What is outside the court? Where's the wherever this carriage is going is going to be like a whole new thing for her because she's never been outside these the boundaries of this place. Do you have more notes? You have two yes. more. Yeah. All right. Go. Um. All right. So I was trying to figure out: is the king gay? The, her Louis? husband. Her husband. Yeah, because they make this crack like he's spending too much time with the stable boys, and I took that as he's banging the stable boys. But maybe it was he's a child and he's spending too much ri- with time his riding friends. horses. Yeah. Mm. I read. I I, th- I saw that as him just out playing with the boys. Yeah. But Jason Schwartzman has a bit of a like a metro thing, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I read into that, but that's just Jason Schwartzman. Not in a, is that his name? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think I should. Yeah, it is Schwartzman. Is yeah. it? Yeah. But uh, he 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 falls in the Wes Anderson camp every once in a while too. Um, but I had trouble. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, "Oh, the king's gay." And he's That's just, what I oh, took, okay. and then I was like... But watching it this time, I'm not so sure. Th- I think he was just disinterested, and he's kind of a child, too. Yeah, he's only a year so old. So, like, banging is, might not necessarily... He's like, ah, I don't want to touch his... But I don't know, when I was 15, I was like, I want to be fucking... Uh, yeah, I remember 15. Yeah. I have vivid memories of 15 and 16. I don't think I ever... I didn't, I didn't ever not have a boner between 13 and, like, 27. <laughs> like, kind of always has had a little bit of a boner. <laughs> you, well, you got to keep one on deck. Yeah, exactly. You got to always be ready. You have one in the pipe, just in case. Yeah, you keep, you keep the snap on the holster <laughs> undone in case you got to draw. Just but once you get a little older, 27, 28. Well, you just bullets come out of the gun, and you're like, I don't fucking care. Where is my piece? I don't even know. It's in a drawer somewhere. I, have to, I sold it. I sold it. Yeah, he's 15 when they yeah. meet, so yeah. you'd think he'd be like, all about that. His brother, his younger right. brother, is like oh, banging, banging the shit like out crazy. of his wife. He's like, I like fucking my wife. And even yes, yeah, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna, I'm done with this party. I'm gonna go bang my wife a bunch. Because four times Five, last four night times. wasn't enough. Right. Cha cha. Watching that, I was like, for one second, I felt really bad. I was like, oh, he's so much more virile than me. And then I was like, oh, but he's 16. Right. I remember 16 to 23. Four, only four times. Slacker. Slacker. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Pick up the pace, <laughs> loser. loser. <laughs> Um, but 28-year-old me was like, oh, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, time I, for my Metamucil. My I alarm gotta, just I got to work up to it for like an hour and 28 minutes. <laughs> like, all right, let's go. Whew. Limber up. Limber up. Limber up. Do I have to pee? No. I might have to. Let's try anyway, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, like you're going on a road trip. Yeah, kind of. Like, am I packed? Am I good? Do, Do I you have, have to-, to go? Because I don't want to have to stop halfway through if you've got to go. That's, it happens <laughs> more than you think when you it hit does. 40, dude. I'm like, sorry I'm mid-stroke, babe, but I got to pee real bad. Dude, Um. well, even... Mid-stroke. Mid-stroke. Stroke. Even... I'm I'm uh, halfway through 28, and I'm, I'm st- I've still got the bladder to be like, we can hold out. We, we got it. it. There's, this is going to be no more than like ten, do 10 minutes for sure. Eh, the exertion's kind of... Nope, 10 minutes. <laughs> we can do 10 minutes. 
Uh, this is a PSA. Make sure that you pee before you essay. I don't know. <laughs> that one got away from also, me. Also, ladies, after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always after. Always after. All right, what do you got? You got one more. Last one is the other painting that I noticed being homaged in this film. Um, Napoleon Crossing the Alps by Jacques, Jacques-Louis David. Jacques-Louis David? Yes. I want to see Peach. Do you have Peach or David? Uh, and I noticed one more. I d- yes. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. When and I'm yeah. sure the, if I the watched thinking closely, about, I would When she's thinking one. about Fuck Buddy? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The cra- there, yeah. When, look, if, if you can find, really quick on your phone, the crowning, when he gets crowned, the crowning of Louis the Blah, that is so- 16th? 16th, is it? 15th. Louis- no, 16th. Jason Schwartzman is Louis the Sixteenth. Okay, Torn is Louis the Fifteenth. So look up like painting Louis the Sixteenth. God damn it! We had a question. What happened to his father? What happened to Louis the Sixteenth's dad? Rip Torn. Yeah. No, no that's that was his, his grandfather. grandfather. Oh right. So where's his dad? There's probably a history book that has that in it. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a factual thing that happened. That's actual, someone probably someone wrote it probably down. Wrote down. <laughs> anyway, that when he's getting when he's getting the the coronation of Louis mm-hmm. the Sixteenth or whatever. That is so carefully staged that I cannot believe that, that it's, it's not, not an homage a to a painting. Because yep. a lot of this does look like Renaissance era art. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. Um, nothing, nothing hitting you. No. All right. Mm-mm. So I got nothing else for this flick. I'm good on it. Bird. Uh, I can't wait to. Talk Bird's on her phone. Oh so man, Bird's he looked like a douchebag. He was probably a whole canoe full of. Oh. Gay. Oh. Gay. Yeah. Definitely gay. Yeah, look at that smarmy ass <laughs> mouth. Just looked at a painting. That was. I can see that guy being fascinated with keys and locks. Oh my god! <laughs> what a fucking loser. All right, let's talk about all that off mic. So, next up is the bling ring. Yes. The bling ring. You haven't watched it yet. I haven't. I I got two words for you. Okay. Three words for you. Good luck, buddy. Mm. And then we got the virgin suicides at the end of the month. The I am holding out so much hope for the virgin suicides because I've seen that I, well, again. I watched that about ten years ago. Remember liking it? So okay. And it has a Criterion release, and I've yet to watch a Criterion flick that wasn't good. Right. Because they are very discerning. They're very careful. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Discerning? discerning? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 They they're very discerning with their choices. So uh, I'm hoping I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we're doing this because yeah, this is too. way outside my comfort zone, which is weird because I didn't know I had a comfort zone for films. Right. But I'm like <laughs> I don't get these. I don't get them. But we're doing the bling ring next. Yep. <laughs> Maybe the nadir. <laughs> don't say anything. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I still have to watch it. All right. Uh, so thank you, Bird, for joining us. Yeah. Always today. fun having you You're on. You're welcome. Guest host, Bird. I know you've got a long drive to get here every morning when you do these episodes yes. with us. Appreciate the commute. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very long. Time. Your yeah. commitment, especially this early is, in the morning. Yeah, eight forty-five. Did you know I thought I was today? Carrier down. Totally didn't even get out of my pajamas. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed. I was like, "Yep, high five. Also in pajamas. Love it, dude. I had plans to like be dressed and showered, and then I was like, no, I slept like, through my alarm. I woke up like three minutes before for our early morning. <laughs> yeah, who woke you up? You yeah. did. I know. Bird what? slapped me in the face this morning. She's like, "Did you guys change the time?" And I'm like, "No, no. my alarm just went off an hour ago." Fuck. <laughs> 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 Down the stairs. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh no, it's just like I've decided because it's my days off when we do these because the AMs are usually what works best for you. Yep. 
and AMs on my day off obviously work great. Right. But I'm not going to put clothes on when I come over. Don't even. I'm comfortable here. I want to talk about movies in my gym jams. Do that. That It's so much more comfy. Oh, my God. I've been so got, comfortable during this episode. <laughs> Me, too. I'm, oh, I've so been, cozy. Have I been hitting you with my robe tassels? Because I'm flipping them under no, the table. No, you the haven't. whole time I'm me. talking, I've been winging around the robe tassels under the table, just zipping them around. We need um, to get some bum pillows, though. Yeah. We did. I've, I forgot because I had no coffee. I'm going to buy my own because I, I have a tendency to toot, and I don't want to put my toots in your pillows. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Keeping yeah, us from getting conjunctivitis. I, uh, yeah, we don't want no pink eye. When no, you're, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We should all go get butt pillows. We should go we on a butt pillow shopping butt- <gasps> together. Can we? Yeah, let's, let's go it. butt pillow shopping at Target. All right, everybody, we are a listener-supported podcast, and if you like what we do, or if, uh, whatever, head <laughs> 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 on... <laughs> If you, this felt like a heavier episode than I thought it was, was going to yeah. be for sure. Um, a frilly fucking foo-foo movie if about... You, <laughs> foo-foo movie? If you, movie? No, a hummingbird movie? Hummingbird movie? Crazy bird movie? Crazy bird movie. If you don't think that we're uh, boring boredom for the boorish, mm-hmm. head on over to patreon.com slash maxpeterson. Um, I keep saying I'm going to change it, and I swear I will someday. And once well, I'm I gonna do... I'm going to force you to soon, because I'm going to be spending some money on business. some shit. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. okay. Maybe I'll do that today. I don't know how hard it is, and I've just... I'm probably la- not, Mary. I'm lazy? Yeah, it's probably yeah. like... Change Would you name. like to change name? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Enter. Done. Sweet. Just let me know what that is. When, when the business card I'll send you a text after the three seconds it takes right. to do it. Um, so for now, it's patreon.com slash Max Peterson. When, when it changes, I'll, we'll let you know here. Um, probably get, something like measuring flicks. I think it'll be probably Quillen Film production. That makes more sense because yeah. that's going to be the landing pad for all of that. So. Right. Perfect. So it will be... Um, so if you head there now, you can get shout-outs on the show, bonus episodes, season zero. So if you liked the, the episode, if you liked our Frank episode that you heard this year, that was one of the season zero episodes. So more of that um, when we were bright eyed and optimistic <laughs> <laughs> standards <laughs> didn't have to bleep out things that are potentially God criminal. Most episodes. Um, and we have to always shout out our patrons bird. You take the lead. On our Johnny Casey Shivey. There it is. <laughs> you were zoned uh, so all the now, way. Like, <laughs> she is between channels. Like yeah, she was. That was there was a static look there, man. So we are. Uh, but we, the love is real. Yeah. For who again? <laughs> yeah. John Shivey, Casey Shivey, in case birds laugh talking. John Shivey, Casey. Such an ass. We also have to thank uh, Connor Sweeney. Thank you so much for all of your patronage and not suing us. Right. De- yes. Defamatory statement. I saw him at the. They screened the room at the State Theater, and we did the the shout back and everything. Uh, he's really excited to be on the show again. Hopefully, we can get him back up on the show uh, in season two. Season two. I don't yeah. think there's anything in season not, one that no, no, he'd be no. interested in no, doing. No. But season two. Definitely love to have him, and that's and that's a perk that you can get with being a patron. Is occasionally we might have you on the show. Hell yeah! And if you so. know what, if you don't live around here, but you're ever in the area and you're a patron, hit me up at measuringflixpodcast at gmail and we'll see. If we'll maybe we'll screen something with you, man. Come yep. on over. We'll fucking sit down, have some beers, watch a movie, and then get on mic. Why not? So anyway, or. Uh, you could potentially get married to one of the hosts. Uh, in particular mm. case, uh, we'd like to thank our patron, Danielle Pelshaw, for all of her patience and kindness in doing chores while I'm watching shit movies like uh, The Bling Ring. 
<laughs> which we haven't talked about yet. So I'm sure next week what's going to happen gonna be is great. we're going to sit down and we're going to be like, you know what the best Sofia Coppola movie we've seen so far is Lost in Translation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that's all I've got. That's all any of us have got. I'm pretty sure we covered all our bases. We and if we didn't, I'm still too sleepy to care. Yep. So, um... Guys, sorry if this was a little a touch too political, but boy, this movie will make you think about it. It stirs that pot. So, all right. La- last note before we get out of here: Would you, Bird? Would you recommend this movie to people? Recommend yeah. watching it? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would as well. Carl? Yep, I would absolutely. All right, all right good. All right, uh, next week the bling wing, bling 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 bling, fing ding, fing dings, the shing shing, ding, 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 ding